Okay, so I asked you a question earlier today when we were chatting. Sure. And we we get chatting sometimes, and I almost wonder if it's bad because we start talking about things like, oh, we've already talked about that, but we waste what could have been recorded on the podcast. Exactly. I've actually had that thought multiple times in like the past 20 minutes. What's hard is that we just love baseball. Yeah. I, I'm grinning through my teeth, but the fact that we just get to talk about baseball right now, I kind of mm. forget that we're recording. But no, yeah, for sure. I feel you. <laughs> One of the things that came up is we talked about if you were to pick just five players that you liked based on personality alone, you don't even really have to worry about talent, even though generally a talented player you tend to like better and then add their personality to it. But who, who'd you come up with? Go ahead. You've got a thought, I can tell. Um, well, I was just thinking about the, the idea that if you, a player is successful, it's, it's easier to like. And I'm not 100% sure if I agree with it totally. I need to put some thought into it. So come back to me on that one. But um, I, my top five, and this is not in order because I don't think I can classify them in order. But this is who I came up with. Paul Goldschmidt, because I love the way how he plays. I love yeah. the act like you've been there before attitude and just a solid, solid dude. Um, obviously, Francisco Lindor. Just the niceness and happiness and looks like a kid playing baseball. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Williams Astudido, which if you don't know his name, you might know it by La Tortuga on the Minnesota Twins. And the reason I like him is because he plays baseball with a reckless abandon. Because he's a pretty, he's a pretty thick individual. And uh, I've seen him leg out triples and it is wicked fun. He's just so fast. <laughs> For how big he is. But he just plays like that. Super high energy and a really, really good time. Um, number four, or not number four, but the fourth one is Eduardo Escobar. Because I don't think there is a brighter smile or like happier player in the game. I don't think. Just, um, and is, and but to your point, plays really well. So it's he's easy to like. Um, and then my last one is Max Scherzer. Because that dude's an animal, and I've never seen a pitcher tell the manager, go back in the dugout because I want to finish this game or finish this inning <laughs> or make people sign waivers to watch his bullpen sessions. Dude's an animal, and he's just absolutely wild. And I love to watch him pitch, and I love to just, I love his whole shtick, his whole personality as a person. He's just, he's good fun to watch. So, based on the names you put out, let me just ask you real quick. What kind of qualified them more? Because I don't know if what makes them a favorite based on personality is going to be the same. Would you classify someone like Max Scherzer as a nice guy or a very charismatic, energetic, and disciplined guy? I, I added a lot more to that second one. That was kind of unfair, but I think you get where I'm going. It's not so much that Max Scherzer is a nice guy. Max Scherzer is just a freak of pitching. No, I feel you. I think that the reason I love Max Scherzer, and that's really... The reason I love him is you're right. He's not a nice guy. Um, actually, we say this. I've never met him in person. So I have no Agreed. idea who he is to, you know, to his wife or to his family. But on the baseball diamond, he's not a nice person. He's actually a rather intimidating person. I think that he's really, really polarizing and has a really intense effect on people around him. So... And I think he plays baseball like the way I want baseball to be played. You know, I want those intense individuals. So 
if we were like on the street, I'm not sure that we would be friends, but I enjoy the way that he plays baseball. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So explain Paul Goldschmidt to me, because that one, I, I, I imagine that that name might show up, but I was kind of excited to see it. And I, I was kind of curious where. Um, I'm all for the high energy. Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, Tim Anderson. I get it. It's fine. It makes baseball exciting. But at the same time, Paul Goldsmith is the exemplifier of act like you've been there before. Is a, an amazing player. Was a perennial all-star. You know, finished top three in MVP running like five years in a row in the National League. Just a solid dude and performs really well and is really hones in on his craft constantly. He's constantly thinking about it, constantly working. And but is really under the radar. And I appreciate that part of it too. You know, Max Scherzer's mm-hmm. like the opposite. He's he's never under the radar. But so I guess it's weird. I I like him for a different reason than I like Max Scherzer, but yeah. I really enjoy him. Why? Who do you who I mean, who do you have? What's who's your who's your fave five? You know what? When a guy wins the Heart and Hustle Award back to back, he's going to end up there. So Eduardo Escobar did end up on my list. I, so he won it last year in all the, M- the MLB, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least the NL. Uh, I and don't know he won- how they split that award, but yeah. Right. It's kind of weird. They do most awards split. I, yeah. I, I don't pay attention to that award, if I'm being honest. It's not, yeah. you know, a Cy Young or MVP. He won it on the Diamondbacks again this year already. And so he's a contender to get it in in whatever league or MLB wide they, they do that with. You know, I, I also have Francisco Lindor because you just can't not love Francisco Lindor if you watch him. He's a nice guy. He's, he's kind of one of those faces of just let the kids play. Mr. Mm-hmm. Smile. I mean, he looks like he enjoys being a baseball player because yeah. there's nothing that's more frustrating about being a fan who wishes you could play at a major league level. And seeing a guy look like he's pissed about that opportunity. He just loves being on the diamond yeah. day in and day out. It was hard to watch him be sidelined. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like when he mm-hmm. was out earlier in the season. Because there is just like that love for the game he brings to the Indians. Yeah, for sure. I brought Brock Holt into that because I think personality plays a ton into that. Sure. And I like to look at how guys motivate those who are around them in their clubhouse. Brock Holt, by all means, isn't crushing it this year in terms of stats, but he's also not bad either. You know, he's a middle-of-the-pack guy. But he has funny moments of intense personality that there was going to be a choice when they cut Eduardo Nunez early on. And they even asked Cora, why wasn't it Holt? Why wasn't it else? What made Eduardo Nunez? So his name was coming up at that time in the season mm-hmm. because they've had a toss around at second base. Sure. And he said, you know what? When I look between them, the main difference is not showing the stats lines. Brock Holt is constantly in the clubhouse talking to, to Michael Chavis. He's constantly talking to other players and coaching them. Rafael Devers, he's a big presence. Day after David Ortiz gets shot, you see him goofing around the dugout, keeping everybody light and happy. Very hard day for the team. Yeah, you remember that resumed game against the Kansas City Royals? He nope. hits the <laughs> he hits the winning single. The game lasts eleven minutes. Did he hit the single? 
No, no, it was free if you're under 18, $5 for adults. And they did a, they extended their Jimmy fund fundraiser. What is Jimmy? One more I game. don't know what that is. So the Jimmy fund is a cool thing that Boston does. This is actually one of the reasons I like Brock Holt. He's the team captain for the Jimmy fund. Okay. And so a lot of children who are diagnosed with cancer at an early age, um, they, they're taken out to Boston and New York. Those are the two big cities that have great hospital, hospital, those are two of the cities that have great hospitals and a lot of infrastructure for really hard cases like that. And so the Boston Red Sox have made this a thing since probably since Ted Williams played and, and they're big into it. Yeah, this is not a new charity. Mm. This has been around for years. And he, this is probably the most memorable team for the Jimmy Fund for sure. They've, they've been a big part of it. But Brock Holt will meet with kids from the the jimmy fund before games almost daily mm. to take them on the field and, and talk with them there's actually if if you want a tearjerker you know as, as a guy who's romantic about baseball <laughs> sure go on to the red sox instagram and this is where i first started really paying attention to brock Holt. is there's a video of a bunch of parents and young cancer patients so parents who've, whose child passed on or different stuff reading and um they're reading their thank you letters to Brock Holt and you're watching his reaction as he's reading them, but you're hearing their voices. It's, I love baseball, but one of the things I love more about baseball is what baseball can do for its communities. Damn, that was, I have to go watch that video. I've never seen it. Sounds, sounds heavy. And you know what? I, I wouldn't hear a bad word said about Brock Holt. He's one of the people I respect most in the entire league because of that effort. Sure. I love when, when baseball players use their, platform to become a part of a bigger cause I, I actually lived in houston when the shooting happened in the santa fe school mm. i was knocking doors in that town at the time and jj watts was out in the neighborhood just visiting families who had lost kids i just think there's something about an athlete who knows that they can let up their focus on the game a little bit because they're a good athlete and focus on their community as well and yeah. so brock holt comes up big yeah, and then jose altuve just a smiley dude i love jose altuve he's super short i I think it's so funny when you see them play the Yankees and you see the difference between Aaron Judge and his strike zone. It's almost unfair. Well, like a pitcher has to hit a gnat on the butt to get a strike. <laughs> to get a strike against a Jose yeah. Altuve. Yeah. And it doesn't help that he like scrunches down real far too. Like <laughs> really far down. But yeah. He just, he looks like a guy you just want to hang out with. And the last one's Mike Trout. And I think that we're on the same page. I chose him for the same reason you chose Paul Goldschmidt. Mm. Mike Trout is not majorly popular the way some guys are mm. because he's not loud. Yeah. You know, he goes unnoticed by non true baseball fans. Yeah. No. And I sure. just, mad respect. For sure. It's funny, I, when you talk about Jose Altuve, I was uh, listening to this quote and they were talking about why people love baseball. And you look at NFL players, you look at NBA players, and they're these specimens is the best word I can describe it. Like, <laughs> like I, I saw a picture of, oh, I can't even remember who it was. It might have been Aaron Donald. And dude's the best player in football right now. And it's hard to, to say anything otherwise. But that dude is a monster. Just absolutely shredded. Baseball isn't like that. And then what no. this guy was saying is that the reason people love baseball is because you look at these guys and you're like, I can do that. He looks like me, 
right? So for all these guys, I don't know how tall Altuve is. He might be like five seven, maybe. You know, yeah. maybe five six. I mean, he's small. This is worth pulling up, <laughs> right? He's a short dude, but for all those guys, I think the average height of a of a male in the United States is like five nine. So for all those guys that are see less, Jose Altuve standing at five and a half feet, five six, five six. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, these guys that are like who have never been, you know, athletes before because they're not, you know, physical specimens or whatever. But they can look at Altuve, who, you know, he won an MVP. He was MVP, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So you can look at him. He's like, look at him. Like, he's he's me. Like, I could do that. Like, I could be that. And so people um, relate to baseball in that way. And I think, too, is that it's easy to see in over the course of a season, like, how much people, how different players react to adversity because you're going to go through slumps and you're going to go through hot times. And it's easy. It's it's visible. You can see how players go through it in a 16 game NFL season. Someone has a bad game. They might not get to play the next game because they had a bad game and there's only 16 of them. And so but the MLB is different. And I I think it's the accessibility and the visibility of players in the MLB is awesome. And to like kind of see how they react and who they are as people is cool. Well, you know, what thought occurred to me when you said that, too, is I think back to to guys like David Ortiz or Bartolo Colon. Think about our, being a our chubby Lord and kid. Savior Bartolo Colon. Right. Think about being a chubby kid who, aside from maybe being a linebacker in football, which doesn't get a lot of fame or celebrity. I'm gonna go O line there. Probably not linebacker. O line. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a big. I don't know a ton about football. I'm not gonna pretend to know much strength in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. But if you're a chubby kid, you don't get to be like the all star in a lot of sports. But David Ortiz is arguably one of the funnest players to have watched when he played. Sure. He was, he was a clutch guy in clutch situations. That's fun. Rooting for the fat kids, dude. Mad <laughs> respect. Uh, so, but on another note of just baseball this week, Justin Verlander, the GOAT, threw a, you know a no-hitter against Toronto. I have so many thoughts on that. Let it rip, so you know? many. I'm here for it. So I read an interesting article at the beginning of the year on him. And one of the things, you know what we need to get better at is we're talking about a lot of people's work and I, I'm not back quoting it. Oh, yeah. Like, like it, yeah. It, just to be fair to him, not even like I don't care about any legal issues. Yeah. But I, if I'm listening to this, like if I was actually interested <clears throat> in hearing what was said, it'd be nice to find that. So I'm going to try and get better at that. But just like posting links. Yeah, yeah, or just yeah. kind of saying where it came from, like, oh, I read this in ESPN, and I, I think it was some, it was there, or Sports Illustrated. I was sure sitting in a dental office, and I probably <laughs> a dental office somewhere, reading a magazine. Right, you get bored, and You're like, goes, I don't go to the dentist, but yeah, <laughs> I don't go to the dentist, but I was somewhere. <laughs> Anyways, I, I was reading on it, and um, it was talking about he he married Kate Upton back in twenty fifteen sixteen something like that, right before he left the Tigers, and. He had said with her, she was talking to him and he was feeling tight after a game or all this or that. And she's like, you put all this time into throwing really fast or getting your strength up, but your body is so rigid. The reason you're hurting your body is it's not flexible. So when you make those motions, it doesn't have a lot of like muscular elasticity to move through. Not exact quotes here, but Did you know what I remember from the yoga? article. I don't know what you Yeah, no. he's gotten extremely into yoga. He's been saying that having a flexible body has helped him avoid injury. His goal is to be the Tom Brady of, of baseball. And he's openly said that. That's not just something that's out yeah. there. He's an older dude. Uh, how old is he, actually? 
No, he's he's one of the older guys on the field. Justin Verlander. He's 39. Oh, wow. 36. 36. Okay. So he wants to play into his 40s. That's his goal. Think about Justin Verlander playing another seven years for the Astros. He's 36, and he's having one of the best seasons of his career, statistically speaking. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I I love that he threw another Um, no-no. I've been wondering because it has been, I literally read something just that morning. How can you choose the Cy Young this year when they previously made it so that there was always three picks to pick from for the voters so that they would never have a tie again? Uh, Oh, yeah, so they wouldn't have a tie again, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they made it that way. But now it's him and Garrett Cole were just killing it. Charlie Morton's been in the competition. He's looking like he'd be the third guy. But do you think this this no-hitter puts Justin Verlander as the Cy Young winner for the AL? Do I think that? Okay, so to be fair, I think Verlander should have had it regardless. Okay. I think that he was going to win it anyways. Um, okay, hold on. Remind me, the the Cy Young Award is given as a regular season award, correct? That's what they say, like all awards, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously, it, it seems to do pretty well. It went to, was it Jake Snell in Tampa last year? Uh, yes, but that's because he had right? a sub two area and he's a monster, but yes. Yeah, but it was, he, he didn't pitch into the postseason. No, yeah, you're right. You know, and, and so like, I think what I'm getting at there is, Sometimes players like Mookie Betts over Mike Trout last year get a little bit of preference because of because they're bringing team. their team yeah. into those situations. I mean, yeah, the Red Sox had a record-setting win season, at least for the organization. Yeah. So they won like 108 games. Right? Justifying, yeah, it wasn't hard to justify regular season narrative if you needed to. Yeah. So I think that it should put him above Garrett Cole, or at least should make that gap bigger because that's how. I already had him ahead of him, but I want to put slightly into context two out of the three of Justin Verlander's no-hitters have come against the Toronto Blue Jays, who currently have a team batting average of 236 this year. (laughs) It's a no-hitter. Don't get me wrong. That's really hard to do to pitch nine four innings without one professional baseball player getting a hit. Right? Like, that's hard. But... Like, it's the Blue Jays. So, eh. Now, what was, what was cool about it, though, and this is what I respect, is that he wasn't, like, pitching a no-hitter and a blowout. Like, it was tied until the ninth. Right. They probably would have pulled him in the ninth if they hadn't scored those runs. Yeah. Well, I think it was one run. I think it was that Toro kid, which was really cool. That, as soon as he was celebrating, he, like, walked off. He's like, where the, this Toro? Like, I want to give this guy a hug because he's the one that, like, put Houston up. So that he could pitch into the ninth, so that he could right, play. right. So, I, I mean, I'm, if you're AJ Hinch and you're thinking I'm going into extra innings, yeah, you're gonna pull. Yeah. yeah. So, mad respect for him. You know, mad respect for him doing that and giving credit to some things. But I, and you know, I, I would put him in one of my fave lists because Justin I just Verlander? love Justin Verlander. Yeah, I think he's got a fun personality, and looking at him celebrate, you want to be there on the mound with him. He's got a big smile. They're energetic. You know, he, I think he's a cool dude. I would say he's slightly entitled, but that's just me. But that's he, fair. He he kind of complains a lot, and but I mean, for someone who's giving a, a career record at home runs this season, 
I feel like you can be kind of mad. I just feel like he's really, really vocal about Justify that stat, though. Tell me the, tell the number that you just told me about the difference in home runs this year to last year. Okay, yeah. So, well, this is for the minor league, so it's not 100% different. But in 2018, there was 30, I think it was 3,700-ish home runs in the minor leagues. Um, and then in 2019, which as soon as the minor league switched to the MLB ball because they had two separate balls that they were using, as soon as AAA got the minor league ball, there was all of a sudden 5,200 home runs, right? Like, right. They, they got the juiced ball this year as well, the yeah. same ball that MLB switched to. So I'm not saying, and I obviously, you know, there's the argument that people are hitting more home runs because of the way that they act because of the way that they train, because they're bigger, faster, stronger. They focus more on hitting fly balls. I get all of that. But an increase of a thousand, a thousand plus home runs in a season. Eh. So Justin Verlander has been really vocal about the ball is juiced. He doesn't like it. He's frustrated. He talked about it in the World Series last year. Oh, no, it wasn't World Series. The World Series the year before. He talked about it during the All-Star game this year. Like, he's just really kind of complaining. So he's a cool guy. He's a really, really good baseball player, but not definitely not on my top five. I just think it's great that he speaks his mind. Sometimes you just have to kind of shut your mouth because you represent the organization, but sometimes you say what you mean. No, and I feel that. And I, I get the whole say what you mean and, and express yourself, but everyone else is using the same ball too, right? I was, yeah. I was umpiring at a, a, a church softball league and I had the rules explained to me for how that league was being played. And I called the strike. I made the call. And this guy came up to me. He was arguing all the time. He was like, hey, whoa, blah, 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 blah. like, you're not doing this right. This is how it's supposed to be. I said, look, bro, this is how the rules were explained to me. I'm going to call it against that team, just like I called it against you. And we'll sort out how the rules are supposed to be played next game. Right? It doesn't matter what the rules are. If everyone's playing by the same ones, it's fair. Oh, I agree with that entirely. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he mm-hmm. complains a lot, but every other pitcher in the MLB is using the same ball. So, yeah, you can complain, but, eh. Would you rather have an umpire? This is an obvious question, but you'd rather have an umpire who has a bad strike zone, but it's consistent versus one who's hot and cold. Like it's pretty good, but it's just enough off on a skew yeah. towards one team. Yeah, I, I, I would take that any day. On that note with the whole strike zone and what you want, Christian Yelich got called out on two strike threes today. Got caught looking three times on two really high strikes. One of oh, them the sliders, in extras. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. and I love Craig Council. He's saying, look, like, even if you have a great game, like, those two pitches are huge, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's Christian Yelich. It's, it's arguably the best player in the game. I don't necessarily agree with that. But, you know, he's that guy. And in pivotal moments, guys on extra innings, bottom half of the inning, like, these are moments that define the game. And so if you have a really good strike zone, but you're inconsistent, right? Like, for the most part, like, you, you call strikes, but in big opportunities or whatever, I'd rather have, you know, someone that has three inches outside the plate, but he's going to call it straight the whole night. For sure, hands yeah, down. Because then by your second or third at bat, you at least know what you need to swing at or try and put in the For play sure. because it's going to be a strike. Yeah. I agree entirely. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on just real quick before we get to the meet. When it comes to things with like Justin Verlander, normally I see this for the opposite reason. And it was the first time I kind of thought about it on this side of things. They make a lot of qualifiers to make things better. What was the term you used for it? Make it seem more important. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah. So 
So like Justin Verlander, they're like, he's one of the only people to do it with two separate teams in the same stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, he's the only person to no hit the same team twice or same team on different teams because he did it in Detroit and he did it in Houston. So you add all these qualifiers to make that thing seem cooler. And like there are times when when I understand it, like this year, you can't watch an Angels game without the visiting broadcast mentioning how Shohei Otani is the first Japanese player to hit for the cycle. And, okay, if, if you were to take that just in the context of he's the only Japanese guy to do it, it's like, okay, like, that's kind of cool. When you consider the fact that Ichiro didn't do it, then That's like, even cooler. That is interesting. Mm. Because if anybody was going to do it as the first Japanese person, you would have thought it would have been him. Well, I, don't, I mean, I... He was a fast guy. Yeah, but he didn't hit home runs. You know, so for all of that to happen and him hit a home run, like, I get that, too. Right, right. That's fair. Here's what I'm saying, though. Why can't we let it just be a no-hitter? I don't need the extra headline. It's a no-hitter. You want me to get on my soapbox? Because I can. I will go there. And, and, And to your comment about the Blue Jays, when it comes to winning a game, I agree with the taking the entire team's ERA. When it comes to hitting a no-hitter, I think you have to look at individual players. Because you're facing Vlad Guerrero Jr. You're facing Bo Bichette, who's been hotter than hell. Right? Yeah. I so, so you're dealing with individual occurrences rather than the result of a whole team. For sure. When you're looking at a no-hitter. So it's not just that he beat the Blue Jays. He beat two very good batters in the AL. But if you only have to beat two good hitters on a that's team... Fair. That's You fair. know what I'm saying? Like That's the part of it. Is I, I understand... It's like how you look at pitchers, right? It's, it would be mm-hmm. easier to technically like no-hit an NL team versus an AL team because you don't have the DH. But if you have you know, two, three good hitters and six through nine is just trash or you know, three through nine is just trash, I get it. Yeah, you have, you have to get through those hard spots, but overall you have less opportunities against good players to do that. That was my point. On Save your, your heat for the top three in the lineup. Yeah. On, mm-hmm. on the note of why can't we just let it let it lie, let it stand as, you know, this was a mm-hmm. no-hitter and that's cool. And I think no-hitters are especially because there's just not that many of them, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's tied for third with the only players in baseball to ever have multiple no-hitters. I have three of them. I think it's him, Cy Young, and then one other person. And then above him is Nolan Ryan at seven. Seven no-hitters. Quick side note, I saw him throw out a first pitch, a video of it, in 2015. He was 67 at the time. I'm pretty sure that dude threw 88 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Get the radar out. It was crazy. But, um, yeah, crazy. So, like, just let it stand. But the problem is, and this is the baseball traditionalist in me, which is funny because I'm only 23. But, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Is that people are trying to make baseball more exciting they're trying to they're trying to expand it and with the current situation with how people are especially people in my generation right especially people in the younger generation you need records to get people's attention they it's hard for them and if you guys would disagree with what i'm about to say let us know because i'd love to debate you on it because i know that i'm right <laughs> Steven's number is 508 322. 
It's not even close, but good try. Um, well, my, you're not from Boston first. That's true. Um, what's crazy <laughs> is I'm also not from Hawaii, but my number is 808 number. So what up? People need headlines. People don't appreciate baseball for just what it is as a beautiful game. People don't look at a well-pitched game, you know, a 1-0 game where the bullpen came in the sixth inning on and locked it down and didn't give a shot. They don't see the beauty in that anymore. They need home runs. They need, they need records. So ESPN, Fox Sports, all these guys that are trying to, you know, get clicks on, on the internet, they put all these qualifiers out. So all of a sudden, it's the first time this has ever happened. And even though you're like looking at it like, eh, it's not really... But, but they created it like this. And it's created this culture in the MLB sports broadcasting world that, to me, is irritating. And it's frustrating. Just say hit a no-hitter. That's awesome. Like, just let people appreciate it for what it is. But they're so, so into trying to expand that they're making it frustrating for the rest of us. You know why I can't get on Facebook in August and September? Why? First day of school picks. That's what ESPN feels like every <laughs> single day. Okay. First I, this, first that, first this. Good hell. Just report the news. You know what it kind of feels uh, like? Mm. Have you ever played Madden before? Yeah, a couple times. Been a while. Okay, so you, me and my brother-in-law created this franchise where we were the quarterbacks, right? And it was my first time getting into Madden. So I was like, eh, I'm not really a video game player, but, you know, I like football. So we'll see how it goes. And he said it to the easiest level, okay? As a rookie quarterback, I was playing on the Chiefs, and I think I passed for 8,000 yards in a season. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Kelsey had like 3,000 receiving yards because I ran the same route every time and hit him every single time. And it, it was fun because you're putting up all these ridiculous numbers. But by week 10, every time I threw a pass, and they're like, and he just set the single season record for passing every passing play, and I was sick of it. By week 12, I was running the ball 80% of the time because I couldn't stand it anymore. And it was beyond frustrating. That's what you're talking about. That's exactly how I feel. Well, and, and so nor, normally I complain about this for the opposite reason. It's where someone did something moderately impressive. And so they, they, they how would you call that? They segment it down to a mm. specific segment that puts them number one. It's like, let's say there are 300 players to pick from. And this dude meets three qualifications. And even though he ranks 290 in that, the number one of this, this, and that qualification. Yeah. And they make him seem like this big deal. And you're like, that dude's in like the third percentile. Yeah. No, I he's garbage. That. Well, yeah. And I, I, 100%, I feel you. It's, it's beyond frustrating. And I don't know if there's a way to fix it now. No. And the reason it came up with Justin Verlander, because it was coming from the opposite side, so it rounded out that hate that I have for that practice. You know, just let the dude throw a no-hitter. Yeah. Okay, let's be done with that. I'm, I'm sick of that. Justin, it's old news. It's old news, JV. You want to talk about playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Okay, playoffs. As it stands, where is it at right now? Yeah, so I actually, the other day, I pulled together the projections with that more advanced formula that I did. Okay, okay so as it stands right now, when I ran it the other day with that, that better formula that I've got, okay. Houston would win with 105 in the West. Minnesota and New York are tied at 98 apiece. 
So those two would face each other since they beat the second third seed. Are you saying that New York's only going to win eight more games? I don't know that this is telling the full story. Okay. Right? Really, we don't need to know how many games they're going to win. We need to know how many they win in relationship to the others. So, just one quick question. How how is this... This is the Pythagorean win thing, right? That's what it is? Win expectation, yeah. So it came from Pythagorean win expectation. Uh, This formula is adjusted a little bit in the modern version. This is called Pythag-Pat, which is... The pat is a nod to the the statistician who perfected oh. it further. Okay. So not for the Patriots. What what is it what is it grabbing? Does that make sense? So what yeah, what we do is we take runs for the total season that have been scored. Okay. And we we take those up to an exponent. Like normally in Pythagorean expectation it would just be runs squared. Sure. Divided by runs squared plus runs allowed squared. Oh. You know? Simple, simple idea of baseball in any sport, and except for instantly. except for golf. The higher your pointage, sure. The higher you're winning. Yeah. And so the idea is, is that if we can kind of predict based off how much more often they're running than they're allowing runs, mm-hmm. we can kind of guess what their season's going to be like. Gotcha. And so you take a bunch of previous seasons and you look at how that's played out, and you find the formula that fits the most accurately for all those seasons, and that's been found. So does it look at um, opponents at all? Doesn't matter because you're going to face everyone pretty evenly. Where it get, where it breaks down is when you have too few games to take from, mm-hmm. or so few games left where opponents really make a difference. Oh, I see. What you're saying. Right, because it would be surprising but, to me if New York only wins eight more games. But and it fluctuates, right? That's data. Yeah, we can make the best assumption with what we currently know. No, I feel that. And so this is generally accurate to plus or minus three games. It's changed a couple times. I bet it's even different tonight at midnight right now. If I if I hit refresh on this thing, it's gonna spit out different numbers in a few minutes. I at one point had New York winning somewhere around 103 mid July, early August. And I wouldn't be surprised if they break 100. How many games we got left now? Not many. I know it was like 27th is the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think there was 28 a while ago. No, that's obviously like that's obviously. I think it was twenty like a week ago. Right. Today's the second. We've got till the twenty seventh. I think that's the last regular season game. Mm-hmm. I know it is at least for the teams I follow most closely. Yeah. No, but I think it's interesting. Just the idea that September baseball. It's yeah. like if you're a casual baseball fan, this is the time of the season to check in, right? Because mm-hmm. I was talking to um, one of my buddies who likes to rag on me a little bit, and he was talking about how they need to cut baseball's season in half to make the games matter more like they did. Like, so like make, make it like football. I was like, look, bro, it's not how it works. You have a 160 game season so that everything, all the, the weird bounces, all that kind of stuff gets leveled out. And oh, yeah. he's like, yeah. whatever. But September is the time where you're like, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, like every game matters where in, in, in actuality, a game in July matters just as much as a game in September. It equals the same. It just, feels more intense yeah but you, you can only afford so many losses and if you've used if you've used them up all in july then september becomes crunch time what is that called there's a saying it's like you can't win a division in july but you can lose it the mariners right if you win a bunch of games right off the bat yeah it's, it's awesome that you won all those games you're not going to win a division in june but if you lose a ton of games you can lose the division in june Does that makes sense Absolutely. 
So September baseball is a good time. I've I've really enjoyed watching it. Currently, I'm looking at this most likely playoff scenario that uh, Pro Reference Baseball puts out. Sports Reference is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, they have New York versus Oakland or Tampa, and then Houston versus Minnesota. Really? So they think they think that New York will win more than Houston. Yep. They have the best record right now. Yeah. By a game. As it stands. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually a stat that you might find there. I, I, they might have it on pro reference. I've seen mm. it on a couple of places where they've started measuring what's called luck games. Oh, yeah. It's where what's your actual record versus the Pythagorean theorem. Uh, yeah, the expectation. Because mm-hmm. the idea is, is if there's a 75% probability that something will happen, right? Mm-hmm. A quarter of the time, it'll always be wrong. Yeah. Statisticians don't say they have to be right. They say, this is how often I'll be right, which yeah, is no. what's cool about it. Yeah. You know, this has a 95% confidence rating. Oh, okay. Meaning that 5% of the time it's going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. With I'm a margin good. of error of I'm three games. With, I'm good with 95%. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I see Houston actually being the best record there. Why? New York's run differential doesn't tell the same story as their winning record mm-hmm. as much as Houston's does. Yeah. So if we talk about regression of the mean, mm-hmm. New York's really hot right now. Yeah. But they could curb off in September. Their schedule's not looking great to this next bit, depending on how other teams. The Red Sox have an outsider's chance at the playoffs. An outsider's chance. This is the first time that they've been listed on this postseason race email that I get. Right, right. So just to finish this off so I can kind of touch that. Cleveland's at 94 and Oakland's at 94 on this. Mm-hmm. At the night this was done, so this was done the night of the 29th. And I, I kind of kept these ones because of how funny of a story it told. Sure. They have changed. They have flip-flopped a little bit since then. Mm-hmm. Um, this one flip-flopped. Boston and Tampa have flip-flopped since then, and they probably flip-flopped again. At this time, Boston was at 91 wins and Tampa at 90. Mm-hmm. But I still think Boston has a chance. Yeah. I'm saying that the stats don't have to tell. They're not the end-all. But Boston has to win. They have to win the series against Tampa, and they have to win a series against New York. Every game, every time they face New York, aside from having to fly all the way to London, they've had to play them four games in a row. They're gassed by now. And, yeah. and they've got three starters. They, they, they don't have a full rotation. I saw a, um, I'm just looking at it, and currently Tampa is at 80 wins. Boston's at 70. Right. So. Here, Boston's a funny story, and this tells where Pythagorean expectation might have a really big pitfall. Hmm is Boston is winning on dollars and losing on dimes, right? When they win, they win like seven to one. Sure. When they lose, they lose three to two. Yeah. Except for against the Angels. Oh, I feel you. Well, right. enough with the stuffy old American league. Let's get to the real action in the more <laughs> on, exciting on, league. <laughs> let's, let's go through that and then we'll talk about how it goes from there. So in in your supposed exciting league, <laughs> which you know what, I, oh, we have had this bitter hatred of each other, this romantic hate for Look, each other's love of the other leagues. I don't hate you, bro. I promise. I just hate your choice in baseball. That's it. <laughs> I hate how exciting and turbulent the NL is right now. I hate it. Parody. So you teams just need to sit down. Is it parody because they're all mediocre? Or is it parody because they're all really good? 
you know what? We'll find out in the postseason. I'm offended. Because <laughs> I, if the if the Dodgers win the entire division and then just choke this year, I'll still have a little bit of clout as to my opinion. But but that being said, based on Dodgers, numbers, it's highly likely that the Dodgers choke in the playoffs. Dodgers are rated at 106 wins. I've got Washington winning the East with 93. Dude, the Central is still. I, what is Things um, have kind of settled out. I, I don't even know. So it's got Chicago Cubs and St. Louis at 89 apiece. And then here's the funny thing. Okay, so Chicago 89, St. Louis 89, Braves 90, but they, they're behind Washington. So it's kind of like the Yankees last year where mm-hmm. Yankees had the second best record in all of baseball. <laughs> And still had to play a wild card game to get a playoff position. That is one thing that you just kind of sit there scratching your head thinking, I like the way baseball does its postseason. But that's just weird. 100%. I understand that that's unfortunate for Yankees fans, that you have to play in a wild card game, that you have to deal with a one-game playoff to see where it's going to go from there. I heard some, what if you just did the top 10 teams. I don't like it. I don't know. It's what basketball did. And it just feels like their playoffs drag on forever. Oh, yeah. The best competition. That's the worst. What, what, what were you thinking? It's a terrible idea. Well, no, because I, I think that let's say, okay, let's take this for example. If you just took the best few teams, mm-hmm. you're going to miss a few things here. Like a lot of times wildcard teams have won the World Series. A lot or of lower times. Seed teams. A lot of Not times. A lot of times. But that happens, right? Okay, yeah. So if, if you kind of take it where, let's say, pretty good in your league, but you get beat up by all the other leagues, you still have a chance of making it. Mm-hmm. Or if you're really good, but your league's really competitive, that's a better one to say. Let's say you're, you're the Cubs, and though that we're not seeing it really in the numbers, but it's hard to truly quantify, what if mm-hmm. the NL Central really was the best division? And it's just hard to get wins because everybody's so competitive. But because they're so competitive and you face them so many times, you don't get berths to the, the World Series because you're behind L.A., Washington, and Atlanta, right? It, it gives a competitive balance, I feel like. It's almost like the Electoral College, almost. Yeah, it balances out anomalies a little bit. Just a little bit. Like It, it, gives, yeah. it gives voice to people that you know, aren't from big markets. Almost, almost. I Bring the like wild card guys in. If you're kind of good, well, the wild card, they didn't used to have two spots either, did they? That was one of the best. I, personally, I think that was one of the best advancements, advancements in baseball playoffs is when they brought the second wild card. And that's a fairly that recent thing. That's recent. That's Manfred, isn't it? Or was I, that like... I don't know if it was Manfred or not. I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't tell you where, when Manfred got uh, made commissioner of baseball. I it was recent. I, I mean, A-Rod scandal was 13. So that was Selig. Bud Selig was, was then. I think he was 15. So, you know, it's got to have been before him. But, yeah, that's, that's one of the best changes they've made. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's... And someone argue, too, it, it makes people not... Uh, uh, oh, 2012. No, no, yeah, 2012. Yeah, for super sure. recent. A lot of things in baseball have been more recent. The ball's brand new. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And they didn't do any interleague plays only from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. They tried it in the 70s, but it never, it just, 
they couldn't get it off the ground. But that's beside the point. Here, here's what's funny. So I read that off. Let me read it one more time just since we got sidetracked. LA 106, Washington 93, Atlanta at 90. So they're going to have to play for a wild card, but they're first in the wild card in this case. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Chicago, St. Louis, and Arizona all 89. So theoretically, Chicago and St. Louis play a tiebreaker to decide who just who gets wins the position. Division. Yeah, who wins right? the division, yeah. Then you have to have another tiebreaker between the loser of that game and Arizona to figure out who gets, for who gets to play on the wild card. In the home so field advantage. Oh, no, because... No, yeah. no, no. You oh, find out who gets a wild card. Because if they're at 89, both tied at the top of the division, but they're behind Atlanta at 90. But 90 is in the East. 89. So 90... Oh, because you're saying... Because Washington technically has the spot. Oh, right, man. right. If Washington were at 84, you wouldn't have to worry if they were tied because they would just take the head-to-head because they would both be the wild card spot. But they're both the second wild card spot, so they've got to figure out who gets that spot. So potentially somebody's <laughs> playing two tiebreakers well, no, I, to, play probably, a one game, to play a one-game playoff Do you think that they would get into the have series. them play two wild cards? Or two, two playoff? Like... I get they, they have a game 163. I don't think I've ever heard of a game 164. They probably just use head-to-head, right? Do you think they say, like, Arizona, you don't get a chance because you're head-to-head, you're too average? Dude, I don't know. So I actually, okay, so I wasn't sure about this. I'm assuming on these rules, I called MLB directly. <laughs> this I have written on my hand right now, I have a ticket number with MLB. And the lady said, yeah, we'll get to you. We'll get back to you on Tuesday. So they're going to call me tomorrow to talk to me about the rules. That's amazing. That's, yeah. I, you, talked, you told me that that was a thing. And I didn't. I, like kind I don't of have just, the official number for you yet. I just called <laughs> a random helpline. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed it. Um, this is okay. This is what I want to Show me about. why you're better basketball because MLB is make, calling me tomorrow. Accessibility. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is who I really want to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Because I saw this tweet that said Atlanta has a real, as an outside chance of having the best record in the National League, and I was like, "Excuse me, what?" And I went and looked at this. I went and looked at the standings right now. Currently, Atlanta has eighty-four wins. The Los Angeles Dodgers have eighty-nine wins. Five-game difference. If there's twenty games left, there is a chance that Atlanta could have the best record in the National League. That's crazy. That's, like, I get that they're a hot team right now. Arguably one of the hottest teams in baseball. Well, they're 8-2, and two and the Dodgers are 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Yeah. That has a lot to do with got, the D-backs. They almost got swept by. They almost got swept oh. by. They, it took, they won in extras, I think. They yeah, almost got like swept by a division inning? team, yeah. Uh, I, actually, I think it was 11. 11th. I tuned into that game because... I try and be impartial. Sure. But you don't see a team sweep the Dodgers often, right? And so I tuned into that game. And here's a funny thing about me. And you and I actually had this conversation previously. This isn't a new topic for us, but I regret tuning into the game. I, as a statistician, hate when people are superstitious. And then August 27th rolls around. And I am the most superstitious person you've met ever. Something about this last stretch and through the playoffs, it's bad for my health. I don't know what it is. 
I, I get so superstitious. Did they lose because I watched the game? Hell no. It's the most absurd thing ever. Are like, you like, like my glaring eyes made this player that much better. But I, you think that way. And I'm not alone. This is a huge thing. No, 100%. I, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because I have my mom is the exact opposite. We were talking. I went to her house on Sunday to have dinner with her. And she was telling me that. She said the reason that they're winning is because she hasn't been able to go to a game. She has. She bought this summer pass for the, for the, for the team work that we were for. Yeah. Because you guys don't get to know that. Um, and yeah, it's not hard to find out. <laughs> she's, she's been to a bunch of games. And she hasn't seen a winning game yet. Okay. I have bad home field luck, though. Okay. No, you don't so make a difference. That's I've the never same been thing. to a sporting event. I have never once been to a sporting event outside of the outside of a particular college football playoff where <laughs> where the other team just sucks so bad. But anyways, I've never been to a sporting event where the home team wins. I've started going to see my favorite teams at the away stadiums because every time they've won, and I love it. Okay. But then I can't celebrate with like, you know, the crowd. Full of it. That's what I'm gonna say. That's literally impossible. Or okay, I, maybe it's I've just been to coincidence. An NFL game where they've tied. It's just coincidence. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Is like, it's, let me just break this down for you. Let me tell you how bad my luck is with this. And I call it luck because it has no real effect. Last year, so my brother-in-laws, my dad and I, we he's already seen every MLB stadium. My dad, which I kind of wish I would have tagged in on that, but that's beside the point. We want to see every football stadium there is, right, oh. for, for professional football. I'm, I'm not going to go see every college team. That so last year we went and really saw... boring football game. So <laughs> we, saw, we went to the, the Packers game against uh, Minnesota the week that they tied. Weirdest game ever. It is a weird thing. In baseball, you never experience this, right? Football players complain about soccer because games tie but they don't realize their game still can tie and it's happening more lately than ever. Anyways, there's nothing weirder than leaving a stadium where the team's tied because instead of one people being happy and the other's pissed, everybody's just slightly aggravated. They're just kind of like, everyone just kind of looks like they just got out of like a lecture series. Because you weren't bad enough to lose, but you weren't good enough to win. Right. We're in town. I think we saw the Pirates beat the, the Brewers while we were there, right? We saw that BYU would be in town. And like most of America, there's nothing we love more than seeing BYU lose a football game. That's <laughs> ah, a little shady, but yeah. So we were like, BYU is playing Wisconsin. This is going to be, this is the number five ranked team in football this year. We're like, this is going to be a bloodbath. BYU just obliterated Wisconsin in this game. Just destroyed him. We vowed we're like we're never seeing BYU on the road again. We we went and I I'm done with that. That was frustrating. It was your so, fault. I just want to put it out there. It was your fault. <laughs> Absolutely my fault. You can blame me. How dare you call it's yourself just, a Ute fan? Ugh. Um. Okay, but no, I wanted to talk about Atlanta, dude. What if? What if Atlanta? has home field advantage throughout the entire play. Chop on, dude. Chop on. But we've been, we've, it's crazy because we've been talking about the Dodgers since day one of the season, about how they're playing. They already know that they're going to be playing in fall. 
so they don't even care. What if? That's crazy. Like, oh man, I, I'm I'm like my gears are spinning as I'm thinking about it right now. What that would mean? I don't think LA has been to the playoffs in a long time where they weren't like they didn't have. You know what I'm saying? Where they didn't have home field advantage. Not not in their own dip league. Yeah 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 no yeah not 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 not. Oh yeah, not in the National League. I just oh man, I want them. to... I love watching the Braves. Oh yeah, you know. their crowd has a ton of energy, and they're just a fun team. It would be fun for them to win in SunTrust. Come on, True. you got a new stadium, Chris, in it. That is beautiful, by the way. Oh, absolutely. absolutely beautiful. Can you imagine seeing in the NLDS or NLCS? How's that? NLCS, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s up ninth inning. They're down by one. And he back legs a home run to center, where he's literally on one knee because I've seen him do that like seven times. He's hit. It would electric, a great moment in sports history. Oh, I I think that they have one of the most electric crowds in all of MLB. Yeah, not for that. So I'm looking at these numbers though. I don't actually see Chicago, St. Louis, and Arizona all tying. Like you have to multiply the probabilities of them winning 89 games against the probabilities of each other doing that, right? Mm. Three times out. Yeah. It's just, it's so low. Yeah. You oh, know, but it would be think it's so be close. Oh, it'd be amazing. So I almost exciting. think they'd have to call Manfred. Do we do a game 194? <laughs> they, have to, they have to call the MLB office, like, we'll call you on Tuesday. If we can juice the balls, <laughs> we can juice the season. I'm going to get a call from Manfred. What do you think we should do? Just send it, Manny. Just send it. We'll send but on this note, when we're talking about predictions, this is I because I love predictions. I love stats. I love. I don't if I don't understand the math that you're doing. I I really I enjoy listening. But there, it's interesting to me to look at how predictions can just be so wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like the Rockies, right? Oh, absolutely. A ton of people picked them this year. Big hit and be, miss to be. Almost wild card contender, well, not wild, World Series contenders, right? Like, oh man, these guys can play, have good offense, have a really good pitching staff, and they are currently. They could do it. They're only thirty <laughs> games back. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, they're they're twenty nine and a half games out of first place in the division. They're sitting at a four two eight last in the division. These were a uh, This was a team that a lot of players, a lot of talking heads, and. Sports journalists picked as these good guys could win the series. They're last in their division. Like, how can you be so wrong? You know what I'm saying? And that's not that's not saying that anything that I've ever said is right. But like, so wrong. It's it not didn't like these surprise guys... me. If I'm being honest, though, why it didn't? I I mean, I liked them in the postseason last year. They've got good stuff. But first and foremost, I mean, you got to play out of course. The park effect just kills you. Yeah. I mean, you're playing against the other team as well. You almost have to wonder how they're not just running circles around everybody once they finally come down from the freaking mountaintop to play games. You know? Well, they get that rich LA air. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, but this is what's crazy is that when teams go there, they rest people mid series because it takes a toll on your body. They keep oxygen in the dugouts. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm hmm. That's yeah. wild. And in the bullpen. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's the beauty of sports and the beauty of baseball specifically that you can be so wrong that things vary from, from season to season and nothing that happened last season matters this season. 
entirely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the players are the same, so that matters. And if they made significant progress in how they, how they played the game, then yeah. But win-loss records and postseason performances that are historic, they don't change, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't. They don't change what's going to happen next season. It's, it's right, in it, right here, right now. Beautiful part of baseball. It's, it's just, you can be so close and so wrong. So the most advanced predictor is the Pakoda scale. Okay. So Pakoda is created by Nate Silver, okay. who, if you're a statistician like me, who just salivates at like the number crunching, right? Nate Silver is the god of statistics. He's predicted just about every election, um, presidential. Pakoda is one of the most advanced baseball predictors, and it's almost always right. But this year, I mean, Cubs were supposed to be last in the division. You remember? That's, this is where the one that came out that said they would be last that pissed all the Cubs players off. Mm-hmm. Remember that big drama like yeah. in February? Yeah, yeah, I got you. And they might win. I, we'll get into this, but I think St. Louis does it, personally. Between I, I them. The okay, well, I know I believe with all my heart that the Brewers are not going to do it. No, that no. at some point Christian Yelich cannot carry that team that much further. Their pitching is atrocious. I'm just gonna put. No, that he's out too there. busy. It's... He's too busy naked modeling right now. He can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know. I know. It hit your Instagram feed because it hit mine. Did you get to a point where you're like in a public place, or for me, like I'm married, right? And I'm just like scrolling, and there's all of a sudden there's this. You know, I'm not showing anything, but there's this naked man with a baseball bat on. <laughs> Oh, I think I think my wife had to have looked over as I'm like trying to scroll past it because it made me feel a little awkward and thought, man, this love for baseball is just going too far. Thanks, ESPN body issue. F you guys, man. I'm gonna put that out there. Ain't nobody want to see that. I don't. I don't understand why that's even a thing. I like the, they've got the video of him on water sliding into home naked. I <sighs> keep you damn. Close. That's all I have to say. Mm, but. No, I yeah. wish he would have had to do that across the infield dirt. <laughs> I honestly, like, it, I had him on my fave five list until <laughs> I literally took, saw that, those photos. That took him <laughs> off? I'm dying, bro. Only because I just feel so awkward seeing his face now because I feel like I've seen a part of him I'm not supposed to see. I just, like, I, I, I can't do it. Anyways, when it comes to five... <laughs> I'm losing my mind, bro. <laughs> Tell me you haven't... It's been everywhere today. Like, how do you post that on Instagram? This dude's butt cheeks are facing up because he's sliding across water. And I'm like, how is it that? Okay. Let's, let's just bullshit here for a minute. Okay. Okay, go for it. I'm Instagram ready. is the app where people cover the randomest thing. Like, if I were to give my puppy a little bop on the nose for eating poop, I don't know. I would get that thing. That thing would get blurred within a minute for animal violence. <laughs> And I literally just gave the dog a little corrective thing to, like, I don't know, expand its life by not eating, you know. Not eating shit. Eating what is not supposed Right. But, like, Christian yells, his butt cheeks are sliding across, and I'm, like, in a public place watching this, and nobody's sensitive content at this yet. Katie, that is art. Okay. Okay, that's art. I- I'll, tell you what's, I'll tell you what's art. The way the Pagoda rankings go. <laughs> <laughs> Please enlighten they, me. They... <laughs> okay, so 
Here's how they calculate their team ratings. They take a Pocota wins, what they expect it to be. They actually pull in Fangraph wins and the Davenport wins. They look at three other ways of it being calculated. Into, so Pocota, he calculates it separately there, and then he pulls it into 538. If you have not looked at the projection system yet for 538, it's super cool. And they're not scared to hide where they're wrong. You can go back to any date in the season and see how they had it rated. You know, true statisticians like seeing where statistics break down, which is cool. And so they look at Pakota wins, Fangraph wins, and Davenport wins, and they collectivize those. And he got that inspiration from his presidential stuff because 538 stands for the 538 um, electoral college votes. And the way he's been the most accurate is he just aggregates all of the, the separate, uh, what do you call those, the polls that they take for presidential wins. And he just weights them based on their general accuracy. And that's how he's just more accurate than everyone. So that makes up 67% of the rating. And then he does what's called reverting towards the mean. Because we've talked about this regression of the mean. You can't just go on a tear all season and not revert to generally how you play. It's yeah. just how things are. And that makes up 33% of the rankings. That's wicked. I'd want to give the award to fastest topic change to my co-host, Kanan. <laughs> <laughs> to go from Christian Yelich's butt cheeks to Pakoda. It's great. It's fantastic. He deserves to be recognized. <laughs> I just, I got too awkward talking about another man's butt cheeks. I just, I, you, you crushed it. I'm actually, I just yeah. pulled up 530. I'm looking at it and it is, it's pretty cool. Did you know, it's did you know that the Pirates are tied for the most uh, positive one week change in the odds to make the playoffs? Plus eight. Right. They currently and have so, a less than 1% chance to make the playoffs. Well, Pakoda's kind of cool because it, it works on what's called an ELO scale, which is a nod to the famous chess player, right? And so the ELO score is the idea that, and so, okay, so I've been thinking about this a ton this week. This has actually been on my mind. And I don't know if I should even really mention this here. We should do a whole episode on this in the postseason. Okay. But baseball is what's called a zero-sum game. Every person's gain is another person's loss, and each person's loss is another person's gain, mm. right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, like, you both can't win. No, I got you. Let's say, let's say you're a fan of the game. Sure. When your team wins, your batting was really good. When your team loses, your pitching sucked. The other sure. team is not calculated. You don't oh, leave yeah. the game and say, man, their batting was just great tonight. Pitching was fine. It was just their batting was hot. You yeah. never say that. Ever. I've, I've never heard a fan of a particular team say, no, they just had good batting. Our pitching was fine. Sometimes you say that when you feel bad for them, but nobody honestly believes that. You just believe that your team either was really good on the batting side mm -hmm. and the pitching held, or the pitching just sucked. Yeah, no, I got you. Right? Uh, Mike Petrillo, you commented, every team, the worst bullpen is your own teams. Mm -hmm. So true. And so... The ELO is the idea that, you know, you, you're constantly changing. So it, it puts the middle line, like your median, at 1,500 points. And then every time you win, you kind of adjust up for that because you're playing well. And it takes that as your, your baseline. And for every game, it says how far have you traveled, how, far have you, how much have you rested, and it creates a thing. And then each pitcher carries their own ELO score, like their adjustment setting. Mm -hmm. So if Justin Verlander's pitching, you're going to get like a – 40 point bump sure but if you've got sanchez you might get like a five minus bump 
depending on how he's playing. And so it, it's kind of cool because it takes in the idea is that things are more accurate in aggregates. You don't want to try and like take everyday starting lineup and do it. It's just not going to be very accurate. Mm-hmm. But you choose one outside variable outside of the team's general performance, which is the pitcher, because the starting pitcher has the biggest effect. Yeah. Same reason a quarterback has the most effect on a football team, right? Person that touches oh, the ball every single time has the most effect. Um, okay, predictions. I think this is what I was thinking. We do wild card predictions up until the wild card, see if anything changes. Mm-hmm. And then once we know the things, then we'll make a division projection. And then we'll do a championship. And then we'll do a World Series. Right. So who are the wild card teams? American League wild card teams. What do you think? It really could be any of those four. I, I'm leaning towards Cleveland and Oakland just based off the where they're playing. Rays don't make it. Um, dude, it's. This is a good year. Let's just say it right now. Been a great year for baseball. It really has. I can't remember a season that I remember it feeling this way. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that's not true because baseball's been around since 1850. Mm-hmm. You know, Lincoln was president when baseball started. Geez, like. It was way before that. But, right? Way I mean, before it's, that. It's been around forever. And so, I, I don't know. The Rays are sitting 6-4 and four in their last 10, whereas Indians also the same. A's 5-5. Five and five. It's hard to tell. But the A's just do that. They're kind of clutch it in September. That's where I'm going to vary from you. I, I think it's going to be Tampa, Oakland. Tampa, Oakland. And Tampa's going to win. You think it's Tampa, Oakland? Not Tampa, yep. Cleveland. Tampa, Oakland, and, okay. and Tampa's going to win. I'm not completely sold on Boston's season being over. We're talking about, here's the frustrating things. If you want to talk about a disappointment, the Rockies aren't the one. It's Boston. How do you go from winning 120 games? I'm including the postseason there. (laughs) But that's still, right? How do you go from being the world champions, making little to no roster changes? Your health has been pretty consistent over the season. I mean, they've they've had some issues. They finally got their real full squad back. Mitch Borland's been gone. Eovaldi's been gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Sam Travis has been out. Right. So first base has been a bit of a mess. Second base has been a mess. That's your main two losses there. I, I just don't know how you went and, and this has been your season. But the Rockies in 2007, you know, they won 21 out of 22 games to go on. And they got so hot, they blew through and then lost to, to Boston in a sweep in the World Series. But it's, it's, it's possible. I, I don't want to hold the hopes out for them. But I, I think I'm going Cleveland-Oakland on that. Um, I don't think it matters who wins that game because I think Houston kills whoever comes out of that. I, that's a four-game I think I think Tampa... Okay, this is why. I, and this is why I want it to be like this. Because out of those three things, Tampa, Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa has the best bet. Of, right. Of even putting up, making that series watchable, they have the best bet. Because Houston's going to steamroll Cleveland. Like, great story. Fantastic. It's fine. They've been on a slide lately, Minnesota. Like, there was a while there when they were tied for first, and Minnesota's like, uh, excuse me, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Um, and they're like five games up right now. But I don't know. I think Tampa's the best shot. And if we're talking about watchability in the playoffs, Tampa versus Houston's better than Oakland versus Houston and Cleveland versus Houston by far. Isn't that kind of a funky thing, though, where you're like, I don't know how Tampa would do against Oakland and Cleveland, but I know they'd be able to hold their, their own against the Astros. But the Astros are the ones who are. Gonna win 105 games. Yeah, I'm ah man. So, and the reason why I think Tampa will will win the wild card 
is because games are won mostly on starting pitching unless you have like an absurdly good offensive team a la Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. And Tampa just has better pitching. That's just really, that's honestly what it comes down to. Cleveland has Bieber, so that's nice. That could be rough, actually, now that I think about that. If, if Cleveland gets in, Shane Bieber pitching in a wildcard game, that'd be fun to watch. Did you catch any of Carrasco yesterday? I didn't. I saw that um, Lindor had to go out and be like, yo, chill, bro. Like, I know you're not having a, a big moment, but baseball game to pitch. But I didn't actually see his stat line or anything. Well, can you blame him? Like, I would have been crying on the mound if I were him. No, nah, I feel you. I, I, just, just a side note. Cookie, man, thank you for inspiring us. You know, uh, for those of you who don't know, the guy who was diagnosed with leukemia in July has been battling through cancer, has gone to almost every game to support his guys that he could. He'd come from chemo to the stadium, and he's, he's back on the mound. Just, I don't know why I didn't put him in my fave five now. I'm, I'm honestly actually just pissed at myself for that because, you know, outside of the season, I, I didn't know him super well, but what a guy. Honestly, if he can get back to healthy, he's, he's a big piece for them. He, he's a good pitcher, you know. Yeah. Um, as far as National League goes, my prediction, well, just going back, Minnesota, New York, I think they go the full, the full Monty. You know, I'm not going to say they play every game out, but I, I think you see something like you saw with the Brewers last year, where mm. the Brewers, you kind of knew they were going to lose. Dude, I don't know. That game seven against LA was wild. Like game one, you were like, oh, LA's going to do this. It's the Brewers. Like they, they don't have a lot of postseason. History, right? I'd agree. Right, right. So you're like, okay, you know, this is this is this is totally theirs. But the Brewers made him work for it, so you almost questioned your your thought there at the end, mm-hmm. right? For sure. Um, uh, I see New York beating Minnesota just because of a few key key issues with within Minnesota. It, it's nothing major. They've got great. They they lead in batting right now. They've got the most home runs. Their pitching's great. They don't have any all star pitchers. So if you take the fact that they've got a low payroll pitching staff in comparison to someone like the Yankees, and they've done as much with, with that as they have, call the season a win, boys. World Series or none. The squad you use to do this, amazing. Just awesome. Yeah. And you know what? I think the real MVP in, in Minnesota is the pitching coaching. Idea. Odorizzi's had a really nice season. Martin Perez has been nice. Yeah. Okay, National League. This oh, is the, but Houston's this- winning... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, National League. I, I Dodgers will blow out whoever comes in from the wild card game. I I just I would love to see that not happen. I I just can't see a, I I just can't see it not not going that way. Okay, so I have a question for you. Mm. Unless unless it's Atlanta. Atlanta in the wild card. So Atlanta coming out of the wild. So Atlanta is in the wild card, most likely, unless they sneak ahead of Washington. That's pretty tight. Atlanta's winning their division right now. Right, right. And so, but with the projections and stuff, it has mm-hmm. them in the wild card. I, if they win their league, if they win their division, I think they could go all the way and face Houston. Mm-hmm. Atlanta could, because I think you need to get a little hot first before you face the Dodgers, and you need the Dodgers to get a little tired first. But if they have to face the Dodgers in a division series rather than championship series, I don't see them doing it. So say there was a team that won eight out of 
19th game. So the record is 8 and 11. Swept? Destroyed? Possibly? What do you think? Uh, it's a, that's a funny thing about September and that's about the, October. Okay, so the reason I say that is because that's literally the Diamondbacks. Right. But and it was, I say this because do you think an NL West team, right? I mean, for a while it was, it was the Rockies too. They're up there for a while in the middle of the season. But mm-hmm. a team that sees them more than anybody, are they more equipped to take down the Dodgers? Or are the Dodgers more equipped to take down them because they know them all the time? You know what I'm saying? That's the hard thing is because there's two sides to that coin that, that fit each other. You know, yeah, I think it's the Dodgers kind of, are going to win this series. I would be surprised. The World Series or the, the National League Series? I think they'll take the Division Series fairly easily. Okay. Um, the Phillies, I just have no faith in the Phillies. I'm just going to put it out there. Like the Mets and the Phillies, I just, I don't believe that they're no, a quality no. team. I mean, if I don't know that they're not a quality team. If the going to sneak in, it's going to be in the American League. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Except you're looking at for the Diamondbacks. So you're looking at Washington, Chicago, St. Louis. I think Chicago has enough playoff pedigree in or and just or just like big time moments that they could do it. Their pitching is not good enough. It's just unfortunately, no. it's just not. And they're only really can only win games at Wrigley Field. St. Louis, uh, Jack Flaherty has been money, absolute money for the past uh, month or so. Washington could do it right now just because they're unbelievably hot right now. Overall, I think it's going to be Washington versus St. Louis in a wild card. Washington will win. They'll go play L.A. L.A. will win in six, my bet. There's something to be said for Washington doing so well after everyone kind of, I think people saw them lose Bryce Harper, and I don't know why they did this. But they kind of thought, oh, okay, well, Washington will rebuild from here. And I, I didn't like that sentiment. I, you know, Bryce Harper was a, was a great personality in Washington, but he wasn't the power of that team. Uh, he was for when they went to the playoffs. I think it was two years before. But no. Right, right. But one player doesn't make the entire team. He had a lot of support. No, for sure. And then they added Patrick Corbin and made arguably one of the best pitching staffs in baseball with Max Scherzer, uh, Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. But I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be, it'll be a race to the end of the NL. I think we'll be talking about this the last week of the season and still not know who's going to be in the wild card. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think St. Louis beats out Chicago. Uh, they probably face Washington in the wild card if, if reality kicks in. And so... Out of that game, I would probably take Washington. I don't know who would win between the Braves and the Dodgers. Atlanta wins the World Series. That's my call. Yeah? Is that an emotional call or a logical call? I think that so far, the additions that Atlanta made at the trade deadline have underperformed, and they will regress upwards to the mean. Progress, regress upwards to the mean. And... Mm. I think there is, once you get past L.A. <laughs> we normally talk about regression of the mean. Now we're talking about progress progression to the mean. mean. No, exactly. <laughs> progression uh-huh. past the mean to establish the mean. Something like that. <laughs> I think don't that know, mean means average. <laughs> if they can get past the Dodgers, then it's, a pretty, it's pretty easy. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. I think, I think that well, they can. 
it's easy to win the ALCS if you face the Dodgers before the, NLCS. In the ALDS. NLCS. Right, or the NL, yeah. Let's not taint the NLCS with your American. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think, I think, okay, I see, I don't, if Atlanta is in the wild card, um, it would be interesting and it would be pretty, it would be, it'd be wild to see LA lose in the, in the division series against, I think Atlanta can be LA. I, I, I feel like that. Um, I don't know how LA has played in Dodger Stadium. It's a pretty hard stadium to play in just because of the fans and just their like involvement in the game. But and oh, yeah. how and, and how well LA has played at home. So I'm not sure like how that what that what that would look like. But if the Dodgers or if the Braves have home 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 field advantage, I feel like they'll perform really, really well. And then at the same time, I, I feel like they can beat Washington, they can beat Philly, they can beat they can be. I think they have a chance in a seven-game series. They could be any National League team. I think Houston going against Atlanta. I feel like the entire season Houston's been gearing towards playing Los Angeles and having yeah. the Braves all of a sudden be like, "Whoa, this is a different team than we've thought about this entire time." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it'd be almost like a trap game. And if if the Braves don't win the World Series, they're going to take it to Game Seven. Because I think the Braves knew. I think they knew they were replacing Houston. Manfred, They're like, hey, Dallas. Because hey, Dallas, Manfred, do you got secrets? <laughs> Manfred will make it go to Game 7. I believe You think they do heart. that? It's an entertainment. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat a little bit. I think every sports does it. I think it. Well, I think every sport, every professional sports league wants it to go to Game 7 because there's arguably nothing more exciting in sports. And a world championship and a winner-take-all game. Then when we draw out seven games, so we can still come down to one game. <laughs> money. I mean, it's it's all about. And at the end of the day, it's about money. And the more games you play, the more money you make. And the more exciting it is, the more viewership, all that kind of stuff. So I think. So that, what are you saying? Rob Manfred sends like Angel Hernandez behind the plate, <laughs> and when one teams up, he's giving him juice balls, and then it gives him like. There's literally no reason for Angel Hernandez to be a, a professional umpire any longer. He's taking a psych eval in his suit. The MLB's making him take a psych evaluation. In the lawsuit? In the lawsuit. There's no reason. So the only fact that he is has to be someone's trying to sway the odds. But that's just me. That's, now I'm going to take my tinfoil <laughs> hat off. No, professional baseball does it. Fix games. They don't try to make playoffs more exciting. They let the players play it out. It's, it's hard because you want to believe that. But you know in the back of your mind, it's not crazy to think it's possible. It's a billion-dollar industry. Right, right. To let things go up to chance would be ridiculous. Yeah. I think that's probably where we should cut it if we're just going to end it. Unless you want no, to cover I'm, anything No, I'm else. just going to... Okay, if I'm going to say anything, I, I'm going to put the Dodgers winning the... Oh, dude, I forgot you weren't making your projections. My bad. No, you're good. So, yeah, I, I think Dodgers make it. I do. I, I would prefer to see Atlanta. Either way, though, I'm going Houston 2019 World Series champions. I'm sorry, but you've got a rotation. It comes down 100% to a pitching rotation and Jordan Alvarez. Not George Springer, not Yerly Gurriel, not Alex Bregman, yeah, but Jordan great, Alvarez. They've got great batters, but like, here's the thing. Pitching is your most important thing in late season baseball. 
But you're ch- everybody else's pitchers. Everybody else's pitchers are exhausted. Bro, I get it. But you're saying Jordan Alvarez is going to have a bigger effect on those games than Alex Bregman? You're crazy. No, you're crazy, I, bro. I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, is that they're going to have a big effect. But those guys have already been seen around the league a lot. Jordan Alvarez is crushing it, and they don't have a ton of video to take from. I just, by that point, I, f- I feel like there'll be enough. And yeah. if we're going to regress to the mean, he's going to hit at some point. At he's some already point. gone through a few lulls. But that's the thing is, the mean is always changing. Yes, you regress to it, but there's no fixed mean. He could draw it up and then just be an amazing player. That's the thing. Because at what point is the mean established? Yo, that's some theoretical stuff that I'm not sure I I fully comprehend. But because, okay, (laughs) but think about it. Like, if you go 0 for 3 at the beginning of the season versus the end of the season, you're going to have a greater effect on your batting average than if at the end of the season than you did at the beginning of the season because you have all this data. So at some point, there is enough data to normalize something, right? right? You don't qualify for batting titles until you have, what, like 150 plate appearances? Um, I'm not sure what it actually is. I know that there's some that, like, you have to have a certain number of innings pitched per games played. It's like to win the Cy Young, you have to have at least 162 innings pitched. Right. So I'm not sure what the batting title is. An inning per game. To qualify for the pitching. Right. Well, sorry, dude. You're wrong. Dodgers will not win the World Series because Atlanta is going to stun the world, and it's going to be a great story that everyone's going to talk about for 10 years. I, I never said the Dodgers would win the World Series. <gasps> I said regardless of who, <laughs> who wins between the Dodgers and the Braves, Houston Astros, 2019 World Series champions. You're right. It's as, it's, as, it, it's as much on the wall as last year when in game one and a half, like before even game two, if you Google Red Sox World Championships, they'd already put up the 2019 banner. Where? You didn't see that? It was a big glitch on Google. Oh, it, oh, 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 I see what you're saying. No, okay. I thought you were talking about in Fenway. I was like, those guys are ballsy. That is no. crazy. <laughs> what was funny is when they built the new Dallas Stadium, they'd put up in the airport Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowl champions of you know that year. I think it was like 2010, 2012. And then he, I remember you're flying out and then you're flying back in. Somebody was scraping that sign down because they'd lost enough games where it was like, yeah, hey, we're not making the playoffs. There's a, you guys, if you would have done that, you literally would have been University of Central Florida. Uh, we're co-champions because we beat Clemson and Clemson, or we beat this team and we beat Auburn and Auburn beat you. So that means we're the champions. Transitive property. It's amazing. It'll do wonders for you. They hung it. They gave their players rings. They hung a banner. Okay, so you're going Atlanta. Atlanta. World Series champions. Atlanta's my call. Yep. It's a very emotional decision. I'm. I, I will come back with stats. You will feel my I'm okay wrath. With it. You'll feel my I'm wrath. Okay with it. Here's the thing about consumers, and we are consumers of baseball as much as it is a product. We make emotional decisions and rationalize them with logic. That is the order in which in which this is made. And you know what? That's probably why I picked Houston. I, I feel an attachment almost to them, and they're not even my team. But now I'm getting bored, so I'm probably just going to cut the shit out anyways.
cause that's why I stay I just made a thousand, blew it in your face I've been going in, uh, I'ma close the case I can't wait no more, man, I gotta blow the day Popping on the west side, cause that's why I stay I just made a thousand, blew it in your face Sit there right back to my estate, huh? Dinner table, everyone gon' get a play, huh? Started with five dollar bills, shoot for dollars in the bill. I'm in the villa, I'm counting the spiller. My mama say I gotta chill. Turn it down, record deals. Now I got a couple mil. Automated all the bills. I'm concerned about the thrills. I'm on a yacht with a big booty, ten, ten out of ten, little mama. I'm on a tour bus, moving around the country, counting money in pajamas. I don't deal with any drama. You gotta email my sister. That's my assistant. I'm about to business, got as my business. Cause that's why I stay I just made a thousand Blew it in your face I've been going in uh, I'ma close the case I can't wait no more Man, I gotta blow the day Popping on the west side Cause that's why I stay I just made a thousand